Hi, this is the Bot World Podcast, and we're live here in what used to be sunny San Francisco, and my name's Dan, and my guest today... I'm Sam, uh, CTO at Fireflies.ai. Happy to be here today. Yeah. Awesome. And if you haven't tried Fireflies.ai, it's uh, it's for Slack. It kind of keeps track of everything. I'll let you pitch it, too, uh, but I thought we should get that out of the way. And So, uh, okay. Yeah, so uh, today we're going to talk about some some trends with AI and chatbots, kind yeah. of our opinion on where it is, where it's going, mm. and how we can... So how did you get started in chatbots? Let's start there. Like, deep learning chatbots, what was your origin story? Yeah, so um, I have been working on Fireflies for a while. Uh, back in the day, we were testing out ideas and how do we get a lot of people using our app, right? Yeah, right. That's, the That's like a big idea, right? Uh, so b- this was before the whole bot hype happened, but okay. we decided to build on the unofficial Facebook chat API. Mm. Um, and it was kind of like a back-end login where you fake a login with a user, and then that user can send messages. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you can p- create a chatbot just from like faking a user. Right. And that's where we started. And we, we immediately saw people like picking up on it, people sharing it with their friends. We took over like half of a high school in Missouri, really? actually. Nice. Um, and that's when we realized the potential of chatbots. And from there, we've, we've just been going. Yeah. And what was that chatbot? What did it do? That chatbot helped you understand when friends were near places to eat. Okay. So if your friend is walking by Chipotle, it would, <laughs> it would say, hey, Sam's at Chipotle, what do you want to eat? <laughs> right. That's all it would do. And Sam's like, damn it, I just got <laughs> 15 orders for burritos. Yeah, and then, I, and then it was up to me to like go and run around and do these deliveries. Nice. But yeah, it was, it was fun. So you, you started there, uh, and then you were like, okay, what? when did you know kind of what to do next, right? Yeah, so... I mean, we immediately had our users, like, asking our chatbot for everything you can imagine. Mm. This was also around the time when API.ai had just come out. Right. And so it was really easy to set up a bot that could converse with the user, say, like, hello, what's the weather? All these, like, little fun features. Mm. And our users would ask, hey, Fireflies, what is Sam up to right now? And so we ended up building all these... Getting burritos. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So we ended up building all these little things that um, could support our users' queries, and we eventually were like, okay, let's find something that is we can build a business on that people will pay for, and cool. that's when we changed the current. Uh, and you saw part. Slack as an opportunity to do that, right? Definitely. So we have a, a lot of different topics that are kind of already starting to emerge. We have uh, chatbots, their utility, uh, Slack, its utility, and then now deep learning, right? So uh, talk a little bit about how what Slack has really done for your bot um, and what you envision maybe the future might be there. Uh, yeah. And then we'll dive into kind of your machine learning background. And Sure. Uh, I think uh, Slack is really interesting in the bot world because they, in my opinion, have the strongest bot developer um, relationships and they provide the most features for developers to build really good chatbots. Um, so for us, the decision to move to just Slack was based on, can we crystallize around one use case and build something that's awesome for people that love and use Slack? Um, so that's why we kind of adopted the Facebook chatbot. We actually had a Chrome extension that we built. We had, like, an email wow. plugin. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to just crystallize on Slack. And I think Slack is really cool. They actually have, like, met with them in their office from time to time, and they take a lot of feedback in from developers. Yeah, we're banned. Slack's office. Oh, no, we're not. Not yet. <laughs> they, they take a lot of feedback from developers, which is cool. Yeah. I, I think 
chatbots are um, interesting, but sometimes like humans don't want to talk to a bot. Right. So you need affordances like buttons, and I know Slack is working on drop-down menus and things like that mm. that can help like you build a full-featured chat application. Okay. So I know Facebook has like Facebook for Business. I've never used it. Are they doing anything there around chatbots um, I'm that not... you've heard of or anything like that? Yeah, I think Facebook's chatbots are interesting because they have developer chatbots and they also have like internal Facebook bots, mm-hmm. like uh, the Uber bot that they partnered with Uber to build. I think that one's actually very useful. I use that. Yeah, I just got that today. I was like, why is this like showing yeah. me? For those of you that don't know, uh, you can request like Uber rides within Facebook chat and then it will automatically send updates. Hey, Sam requested an Uber. Sam got in the Uber. He's arriving soon. Okay. Sam's asleep in the Uber. Yeah, those are like these are things that like you would always text your friend and say, "Okay, I just got in, like right. I'm on my way, right. five minutes away." Facebook does all that for you with with the Uber partnership yeah. and their bot. I think those bots are really strong, really powerful. Um, they're they're able to be in group conversations, which is huge. Right. Um, but the ones that they provide to developers right now are a little bit different. Where they don't allow developers to build for that just yet. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay. But I think I'm not sure what Facebook is thinking. Uh, I know they recently scaled back. Some of the the bot focus. Yeah, um, that that was kind of crazy. I mean, I've heard a lot of stories, I guess, internally about, uh, I guess, their overall view of bots, and some people love it on the team there. And this is what I've heard. Uh, so you know, don't don't kill me for spreading <laughs> rumors. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting that they've kind of started reframing bots. I mean, some people would say even. Uh, enabling bots in some way by giving them more features. I don't know. I think it's I think it's important what they're doing though because it's still very early in the whole bot landscape mm-hmm. ecosystem. So no one knows the solution yet. I know when Facebook had launched originally, it was super easy to set up a chatbot. Like I think thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of bots were created, and a lot of them didn't like developers didn't probably didn't put in as much effort as they would have yeah. into an app. Yeah. And so maybe the quality that you get is really reduced. And so maybe they're trying to understand how can we get the top quality bots and draw those guys out rather than spam like users with too many options. Right. What would your perfect bot messaging platform look like? Yeah, I think it needs to be... I, I think that's an interesting question. Like, <laughs> I definitely thought about that. I mean, for us, the things that we want, we want to be able to inject a UI, mm-hmm. our own custom like interfaces into like side panels of the messenger. Right. I know Microsoft Teams is working on a pretty tight integration where I'm not sure if you've seen Microsoft Teams, but you you can actually customize like a panel in really in the in the chat. I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and so they're starting to work with developers where to, bots can control the entire like panel interface. Yeah. So like based on the context, the entire interface can change however exactly. you like it. That's yeah, pretty, it, it's it's. Left, I mean, it's kind of like a new tab right. that you're okay. that you have access to. Cool. So you can like deep link a user. Like, let's say your bot is for you can do deep linking as well in, into it. Yep, wow, you can cool. deep link right from the conversation right into the the, the new tab it, that you can have. Can you do it outside? Because I think that's probably the most interesting use case is when you can go like from another point of origin or application to in the the Microsoft. I'm not too sure I haven't explored it that far, but I'm sure they would be open to working. They're still actively getting feedback from people that are building on it. Have you talked to anyone over there about that? Yeah, I went to one of their meetups here in the city, Okay. and they kind of showed us the platform, they showed us what's available, 
showed us like these tab features and yeah, asked, they were asking us like what do we need and kind of similar. You're like more money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more users. Exactly. So let's talk about your deep learning, machine learning background and how you got into that and uh, kind of your your journey there. Yeah, sure. So I, I went to MIT, graduated in 2016, mm. last year. Nice. And during my time there, I spent a lot of time working with UAVs, mm -hmm. unmanned aerial vehicles. Uh, drones. So <laughs> that's right where all of my machine learning, most of my machine learning background comes from. Yeah. And some of the cool stuff that we did there was uh, we built a drone tour guide that you call over with your phone. It syncs to you with a Bluetooth leash so that it never gets too far away. Right. And then it leads you around campus. You tell it, I want to go to find the green building and it'll take you around and find cool. that. Um, after that, we started working with uh, drones herding Roombas. So Roombas are like those little circular vacuum robots. Mm -hmm. And you start with 20 Roombas, or 10 Roombas in a 20 by 20 meter field. Mm -hmm. And they start going off in all different directions. And you have one drone, and you need to figure out a way to herd them all across one side of the field. And so it's very much, uh, we, the, the approach that we took was we had to learn game strategy. And we did that with like reinforcement, reinforcement learning. Mm -hmm. So you basically encode the entire game into a set of numbers, and then every time step, you try to drive those numbers towards the, right. the desired state, right. um, and then you can like give your robot rewards for every positive action that it takes, um, and so that's where we started to use machine learning to kind of train our, because we didn't know what strategy to take. We actually built a simulation game where we, we actually built something in JavaScript and gave it out to a bunch of friends, hey, play this game, yeah. and then we'll learn the strategy to take. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where my, my machine learning background started. Did you learn through machine learning through school, or were you self-taught, or how did your research in machine learning go? Um, it was mostly self-taught, yeah. yeah. Uh, thankfully, you no longer need a PhD to do it, but <laughs> it's pretty straightforward to... What are some resources that you use to kind of jump into that? Yeah, I, I would start by just doing a lot of reading in the space. Yeah. Um, Do you have any favorite sites or anything? Or? I, I really like Stanford's lecture CS231D, uh, I think it is, 231N maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, really, I've been watching that. It's really good to like understand how to think about machine learning first, mm -hmm. and then understand what you need, like what kind of data types you need, and right. the resource, like well, the libraries like TensorFlow that you can use to get started. Okay. And then that's, that's what you then apply to what you're working on now, or how did, how did that come about? Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, as soon as you can frame the problem in a machine, in a state that machine learning can help, mm -hmm. then you can go ahead and apply it, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what we did. Uh, so for us, to provide more context, we are able to sit in the background of conversations and understand when action items are being created. Um, so whether that's in person, on Slack, Gmail, Facebook, we think that conversations are really the core of your work. That's where work starts. That's where work is completed. Um, so we sit in the background and we realize when you are making those action items and saying, oh, I need to go fix that bug, yeah. we'll go and update your product, your uh, work tracking board automatically. And so for us, we use deep learning to understand how likely is a given sentence a task. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what we do. That's the, uh, it's, it's pretty... Um, I read your story, oh. and you guys did some awesome uh, training, right, for that stuff, right? So I think it's all in the data, right? And you need lots of data to train your models, right? Exactly. And so uh, can you talk a little bit about, um, I'm not going to ask specific about the applications that you might have in terms of IT, but 
would you talk a, a little bit about how you thought uh, about applying machine learning to these problems? I mean, did you understand the scope or did you see the problem and you said, okay, these are the tools that we can probably try and use? I mean, what was the... Yeah, it's, it's very uh, problem-focused. So first, it's on you to identify what can I actually... Like, what is the problem I want to solve? And if machine learning can help, then that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, that's really how can we figure out when people are creating tasks? And that's a very, like, it's a pattern that you can kind of predict. Machine learning is good at looking for patterns. Yeah, looking for classifications, okay. looking for patterns in data. Um, because your algorithm is only going to learn what, you, what you're able to show it and, and right. teach it, what your data says. Right. Um, so for us, it was pretty straightforward to understand, like, where, where does machine learning fit in? I think there's a lot of um, other bots that use AI, or they say they use AI. Uh, <laughs> so, some questions I What do you mean? <laughs> questions I actually I have for them is, what are you actually training on? I mean, right. If they can answer that, then I think that's, that's good. But mm. usually if it's something very, a general statement like, oh, we're just watching what our user is saying every day, mm. like, that's, that's a little bit too general. Do you think, like, people who are saying they're using AI but aren't, do you think it's because, you know, machine learning or, or AI is a broader term for all of that uh, is difficult? Or do you think there needs to be an easy, easily built and applied framework for bots to specifically leverage ML and AI kind of technologies? Does that exist yet? Um, yeah, there are, I guess there's two questions in this. One of them yeah. is uh, how difficult is AI to use um, for like, like people that want to apply it? Another one is, are there like machine learning as a service companies? And so the second one, I'll start with the second one. The second one is yes, there are companies that offer platforms to do machine learning on. So, but specifically to the scope of chatbots or bots? Um, oh no, I haven't. But you kind of have to figure out how to apply generic or generalized machine learning services to what you're building. Yeah, I would say the closest to like machine learning uh, for chatbots would be something like API.ai, mm -hmm. where they say. Like, we're going to, like, give us a couple example inputs of what a user could say and classify it, and then we're going to learn different variations of those. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty good, but the dangers of using that for, like, businesses is that you're kind of putting your data into a black box. Right. And even if it's accurate, like, 80% of the time, is that enough for you to, right. to not know what's going on for the, 20, the other 20% of the time? Right. Like, where's my pizza? Exactly. 20% uh, of the time, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a problem for any yeah. business. So, yeah. um, oftentimes, I mean, I, what I will see happening more and more is developers wanting to go and, uh, developers and companies wanting to own their entire machine learning stack. Mm. And that's very possible these days. And I'll start addressing that other question that you asked. Um, it's, it's pretty easy. It's not easy to learn, but it's very doable to learn. Mm -hmm. Um I would kind of compare it, I was at this AI conference about three weeks ago, and I, a lot of the general, little people there were saying that AI is kind of like where the internet was in 19, 1995, yeah. in the sense that... That's what they say about everything right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's true, maybe that's true. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still like early, it's kind of hard to get your full mind around it, um, but it's definitely, it's definitely like possible and open to everyone, yeah. but I, I foresee like in five years... It's going to be so easy to use that, like, my mom and dad can go and build, right. spin up a machine learning, like, application pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, I guess that starts to talk about something that I was thinking about, which is, like, personalized AI, right? Like, what does that even mean from a design perspective? I know you were at the meetup with uh, Hugh Dubberly and his, 
his topic of design thinking, especially with, uh, with respect to artificial intelligence and the age of kind of like, you know, companion devices, right? So, like, what do you think is going to, how do you think it's going to evolve into some of, something like a personalized AI kind of design experience, right? Yeah. Because chatbots, um, I think, have a, a big role there. I think chatbots have a pretty strong role. I could personally see myself wanting to have, I'm not sure if this is what you're referring to. Are you referring to, like, a personal AI or, like, designing AI? Um, I, I'm thinking like, more or less of, like, what does a personal AI um, look like? What kind of design or framework would we be using? Like, just starting to even ask those questions, I think, is kind of interesting. I yeah, think that's what chatbots kind of are starting to unlock. It's like, well, how can I use these things that basically sift through all my data, connect all my services, and then, like, choose the scope, choose the domain, and choose the filter by which I see all of these things through. That'd be super cool. Yeah, I think that would be... That's something, definitely something like really cool to think about, especially since all of us are generating so much data every day. Yeah. I know that um, quantified self is like really big these yeah. days, and I want to know where I'm like, like what I'm most likely to be productive. For example, maybe yeah. right. it's after How I can eat I like a my certain, flow for longer. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Maybe it's after I eat a certain meal or right. wake up at a certain time. Whenever you're hungover, you do your best work. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I'm like very stressed. Right. And maybe yeah. I need to stress myself out more. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think that these are all like things that like a personalized AI experience could try and like get yeah. to, but definitely. Uh, in today's world, I think it takes focusing on one, like how to like, focus on one sort, of, one data source, one application, <clears throat> one experience that users can continually go back to and remember. Mm-hmm. It, it always gets um, harder and and uh, difficult to understand when it's something more general, generalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that it would be it would be cool to have like some kind of interface that you're talking yeah. about where you can use you, you can see all of your data. You can set certain filters. You can try to glean some kind of information from um, a huge data set on, right. on you. Yeah. So. Okay, so this is the, I guess, blue sky portion where anything you want to talk about, talk about it. Anything that's underrepresented that you'd like to kind of get out there and spread your message and be a you know, cheerleader for, <laughs> be an evangelist for, I don't know, like, whatever. Is yeah. there anything uh, happening in your life that you think is cool and more people should be aware of it? I think um, I think more people shouldn't be afraid of AI in general. Uh, if I could get out one message to, like, all the people that I, that I interact with on a day-to-day basis, it's, it's like, there's, like, the, the AI hype is really, <laughs> really not real, if that yeah. makes any sense, like, AI can help you solve a problem, but in my eyes, it's just a tool. Right. And at, at the moment, it seems kind of difficult to learn how to use the tool because it's like such a new technology. Um, TensorFlow is just maturing. TensorFlow 1.0 came out like a month or two ago. And yeah, I think the message for me to everyone else would be just go learn it. Go do it. It's not too scary. It's just go through the steps. And yeah. Yeah, that'd, that'd be my message right. everyone. Go learn it, go do it, and uh, is there anything you want to plug while you're here? Yeah, and also check out fireflies.ai. Um, it's uh, the best way to manage your work from your conversations, and all it, all you have to do is sign up on the website, and Fireflies will join your chats, figure out when you make action items, and then put those on your product, your uh, boards like Trello, Asana, Jira. We have over 500 integrations, and yeah.
if there's uh, if anyone's gonna follow you online, where do they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sudotong. That's S U D O T O N G. Or you can find me on Instagram, any other social media. Okay. Um, and this has been Bot World Podcast. I'm Dan, and you can find me on Twitter at, at DPG, uh, Dog Pound Gang. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Great.